Somebody say amen. Our ministry is not about all that stuff. It's about get, you'll make sure you're saved. All right. Now, what I want to do today, I want to go right to the message. Let's go to the book of Acts chapter 26 and verse number 18. Paul's message today is open the Gentile eyes. Say that with me. Open the Gentile's eyes. That's his job. All right? Now, see, that's why I keep saying, you know, you have different churches. You you don't know this because they name it now in the building. But if they will put the name on the building, thank you, there you go. Give me a nice big shot. I'll behave. All right. All right. Now, you could be at Peter Church. How you know you're at Peter Church? Because you got to repent, be baptized, Acts 2.38, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, to get your sins forgiven, and you receive. You receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, that's Peter's church. You had John the Baptist church, you repent and be baptized. Wasn't in the name of Jesus Christ yet, but that's all you had to do. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, everybody got a different church. They, they, this is Paul's church. Now, what I mean by that is we follow the teachings of the Apostle Paul in this ministry. Now, you got to understand what that means. In a church, you, you have many people who say, quote, that they are apostles. Now, the word apostle means sent by God for a specific purpose. Now, if you're in a ministry where that person says they're an apostle, you should say to them, why did God send you? What is your specific purpose? Because first of all, we have an apostle who has, God has sent to us that people don't want. So we have new apostles today with nowhere to go. You know, so if you're an apostle, who sent you and what did, they, what did God send you to do? Because I got in the Bible what God sent Paul to do. Number one, open the eyes of the blind. We're going to get on that. Open the Gentiles' eyes. I just thought that was fair. If I'm a pastor, I should know what I'm supposed to be doing. Amen. I'm following the Apostle Paul. Let me show you why. Now, remember, we are in a new series today. And we are talking about the Apostle Paul ministry. Say that with me. The Apostle Paul. This is not John's ministry, not James, not Peter, not John the Baptist. This is Paul's ministry. That's what I'm talking about in this teaching. And his ministry is to open the Gentile eyes. Now, the way you open the Gentile eye, you have to know the word. Because you're going to see a little later on that you got to know the word because you got to use the knowledge of God to do it. I gave you the difference between the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of Christ in the first service. I can't go back over all that again. All right? So let's go to work. Now, this morning, I took you to a scripture in, in the book of Acts, chapter number 13. Let's go there. In the book of Acts, chapter 13, Paul's ministry shift. There was a shift. You had... Peter ministry from Acts chapter 2. And then Paul was, came in the scene in Acts chapter 8, 9, 10, persecuting the church. But here we absolutely see him in ministry. As a matter of fact, let's start in the chapter uh, 
13, and let's back up uh, to verse number 1. Let's do that because we want to show you Paul's ministry has started. Paul is the 13th apostle. He's not the 12th. I showed you that this morning. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says he, Jesus was seen of the 12. And last of all, he was seen of me, who was born out of due time. So you ought to be able to read it together. He's not one of the 12. All right. Now, in Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now there were in the church. Now, this is the beginning of the Gentile church. What I mean by the Gentile church means this is not dominant Jews. Under Peter ministry, they were dominant Jews. At the end, there were some Jews, Gentiles, who came in. The first convert of the Gentiles was Cornelius. That was at the end of the Gentiles' teaching. You saw that back there in Acts chapter 10 and 11. But here in chapter 13, Paul's ministry start with Gentiles. So in verse 1, now there were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, Lucius of Serene, man and which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. There he is. Later his name was called Paul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost says, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. Remember, if you're an apostle, God called you to a work. And when they had fasted, the church had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Now, verse 4, and being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, they departed to Seleucia. From this they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. Now, I know what they preached. They preached the gospel of the kingdom because that's all they had because the, Paul had not started the ministry or preaching to the Gentiles. He just got called. They had also John to their ministries. Now, the next verse says, And when they had gone through the Isle of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was by Jesus, a son of, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, called for Barnabas and Saul, and desired what? to hear the word of God. Now this guy in verse 8, Elamus, or Elamus, the sorcerer, for so he's named by interpretation, which stood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Now that was the ministry of the opposing Jew that was coming into the picture. That's what they would be doing. See, God has given Paul one man that he's going to see a miracle through, but he's letting them know what the opposition is doing. See, that's what you got to understand. Miracles are not just being happening. They are signs and wonders. Here God is showing Paul your opposition will be trying to turn people away from the gospel. That's what he was doing. And Elamus the sorcerer, once again, so his name is by interpretation, withstood Paul, withstood Paul, 
seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also was called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, Thou, O fool of all subtlety and all mischief, thy child of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will thou not cease to pervert, pervert the right way of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee. This is what's going to happen to the people that come against Paul. And thou shalt be blind. See, that's what's going to happen to Israel. Not seeing the sun for a season. They was blind for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness. And he went about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Look at verse number 12. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed. Now God worked a miracle so this man could believe. Why did God work the miracle? So this man could believe. And, about, and to believe what? Watch this. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. So God used miracles so people can believe the doctrine of the Lord. The word doctrine means the teaching. All right. Now, let's go down, because I, I can read the rest of it, but that's not my point. So in Acts chapter 13, verse 38, Paul is still ministering. He said, Now be it known to you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, now remember back in Acts chapter 2, we read that this morning, verse 36 through 38, they receive forgiveness of sin through water baptism. Repent, believe the gospel, and be baptized. They receive the Holy Ghost. Here, it's not there no more, because now you're in Paul ministry. That was Peter ministry. Verse 38, be it known to you, therefore, men and brothers, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sin. When you receive this man, when you believe on this man, you automatically receive the forgiveness of sin. And by him, all that believe are justified, made righteous from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses, which was water baptized. Now, he's going to get into verse, go down to verse 42, because I, I, I'm not going to be able to read all of this. In verse 42, and when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought, now watch this, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now, it's happening for a reason. They are not just doing this. God's word is being fulfilled right before Paul's eyes. These words might be preached to us, the, the Gentiles says. Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes, now remember, a proselyte is a convert. Anytime you left a religion and come to another, which Christianity is not a religion, it's a life. When you come from religion to Christianity, you are now a new convert. If you leave Christianity and go to something else, you've been converted again. And I hope that don't happen. You are another proselyte for something else. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. And you know that's what Paul would do. Watch the next verse. And the next Sabbath, which was the next Saturday, Sabbath was always on a Saturday. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together for one reason, to hear the word of God. The whole city came. But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy, 
and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. What, what people don't want, they don't want you to hear the gospel. They don't want you to hear the word of God. See, that's what happened. I know that. In this house, this is what God does. It teaches us the word of God. So people who in religion tradition are going to speak against it. We have people that, when we was at the church on Elizabeth Lake speaking against the word of God and so until their people, their board members, got together and came to our church and said, we just want to see this trump, this crump. We want to see this crump that our pastor keep talking about. Isn't that something? He let us know what was going on in their church. But see, that's what happened. The man is standing up saying, stay right more there with this crump. Okay, but they came to see. All right, now watch what the verse 46 says. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, it was necessary. He's talking to the Jewish believers. It was necessary that the word of God should have first been spoken to you. See, the word of God went to the Jews first. First to Jews and then to the Gentiles. But the reason you got the gospel is because the, Gent the Jews rejected the gospel. Let me say it again. The reason why the gospel of Christ is being preached to you today is because the Jews rejected All right. Verse 46. Don't touch that no more. You keep cutting me off. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to us Spoken to you, to you Jews, but seeing you have put it from you, you didn't want it. You judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. So that's why God, uh, the salvation went to the Gentiles. Verse 47, for so hath the Lord commanded us, Paul says. I have set you, Paul. Now watch this. I have called you, Paul, to be a light to the Gentiles. That you, Paul, should be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. Now, God chose Paul to be a light to the Gentiles. So that's why Paul would see grace first. So he'll be a light to the Gentiles. What did Paul preach? What happened to him? God gave and saved him by his grace. Now he began to preach this grace to the Gentiles because that's the only way the Gentiles could be saved is was by the grace of God. By his mercy. The only way God could save you, he had to have mercy on you. Just want you to understand. Nothing we've done, we have not been all that good, but God does not judge you according to what you do. You are saved by what God did for you. So God saved you because he had mercy on you. You ought to get a lot of big hands. And verse 48, and said, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad. And that's why we praise God in this house. We want you to be glad. And they glorified, watch this, the word of the Lord. And as many as were deigned to eternal life, did one thing, and that's believed. And the Bible said, and the word of the Lord were published throughout all the regions. Well, watch the next verse 50. But the Jews, because they didn't like it, Stirred up the people. Stirred up the honorable and the, and the devout women, the chief of the men of the city. And the Bible says, and they raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast. Isn't that something? 
But the Bible says, but they shook off the dust of their feet against them and they came to the next city of Conium. And the disciple was filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that something? Now you're going to find that all the way through the Bible where that's what happened. Every time that Paul would preach the gospel, people be saved, the, Gentile, the Jew would stir up trouble, so they run them to another city. But every time they go to another city, Paul would preach to that city, and then people would be saved. Isn't God good? All right. Now, what I want to show you is his whole purpose was to open their eyes. Somebody said, open their eyes. All right. Now, I'm going to show you what that means to show you what it means when, when he opens eyes. So let's go to Isaiah 42, verse 5 through 7. My key verse is verse 6. I'm going to close with what I want to close with this morning, and that is Matthew 15, 21 through 28. Somebody let me know when I got 10 minutes. All right. Now, let's look at Isaiah chapter number 42, verse 5 through 7. See, Isaiah told us all through the Bible that God is going to open the eyes of the Gentile, but we didn't know what he was saying. Isaiah 42 and verse 5. And Isaiah 42 and verse 5. Thus said, we come to this camera. Isaiah 42 and 5. Thus said the God, the Lord, that created the heavens and stretched them out. He that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it. He that giveth breath unto all people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand, and will keep you. And I'm going to give you for a covenant of the people. Watch this. A light of the Gentiles. See, this is what God did with Apostle Paul. He gave him to be a light to the Gentiles. Now, Gentiles is a nation. You have nation or nations of people. It's the Gentiles. And the Gentiles is really what all men started from. You go back to Abraham. Abraham used to be a Gentile. Abraham was from what place? Anybody can tell me? Mesopotamia. Y'all just sit over there by Sister Crump. Mesopotamia. Now, he, he was at Mesopotamia. So you need to write your Bible. Abraham was from, see, all you don't know, he's from Mesopotamia. Well, that was Gentile. And so God called him out of that nations in the world because he wants to make a people to be called by his name, who can call on his name, and that was Israel. You see? So that's why they salvation was, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Because God saved them so they can use his name. See, they didn't have the blood of Christ. So all they had was his name. So I showed you this morning, and I'm going to go back in the book of Acts chapter 3. What did God give them? He gave them his name. That's all they had. Somebody say amen. All right. Now, see, if you read the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll know especially John, Jesus Christ told them that he gave them his name. All right. And if they need something, call on his name. All right. Thus says the God of Israel. Now, in verse number uh, Seven, he told Paul, well, he told Isaiah, what Paul is doing, Paul found this out by Isaiah. Here what Paul ministry is, open the blind eyes. What blind eyes? Gentiles. Verse 6 says, you are sent to be a light of the Gentiles, Paul, 
Open the blind eye. Bring out the prisoners from the prison. So that's what we were. We were slaves to sin. Bring out the prisoners. That's what we happened. From prison. And then that sit in darkness. See, some place they walk in darkness. Sit in darkness. God brought you out of the prison house. See, we didn't realize when we wasn't saved, we were prisoners. We was working for Satan. He used us and he used us up. I am the Lord, that is my name. Watch what he said. My glory will I not give to another and my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, the new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I'll tell you. That's what I read to you in Acts chapter 13. All right? Now, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 9 to show you a few more. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, all the way through the word of God, you will see God saying the same thing about the Gentiles. This is why Paul preached to us the light. The only message for you is the light, which is the gospel. That's verse 3, I'm sorry. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 3. It says, the people was walked in darkness. Isaiah says, sit in darkness. Here he said, walked in darkness. See, those words mean lived. The people who lived in darkness, that's what we were. We have seen a great light. Now, what light is he talking about? The gospel of Christ. We've seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death. That's what we are. That's what we were. We were living in the land of the shadow of death. God said, up on us has the light shined. So we're supposed to be giving God the praise because he let his light shine. You know, people from, the, from, from when I came up with, they used to always sing the song, this light of mine. But they always said, this little light of mine. This is not a little light. Somebody say amen. amen. This is an awesome light. Amen. Let me show you that light. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul talked about that light. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank God that light shined one day on me. My God Almighty. It's an awesome thing. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I thank God that light shined on me, brother. Matter of fact, let's go to chapter 4. And let's start reading verse 3. Let's do a few there. 2 Corinthians 4, 3. Watch what Paul said. But if our gospel be here. See, he's telling you, he's telling you that even the, the, the people hides the gospel from the people. That's what religion does. If our gospel be here, it's here for them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. See, when people don't believe, when they be called an unbeliever, it's because their minds are blinded. That's why you got to have the gospel of Christ so you can open the eyes of the blind. See, I didn't get no hand clap because I'm, you don't understand what I'm saying. You have the power to open the blind eye if you would preach to them Christ and him crucified. It would open their eyes. When people realize there's only one way to be saved, and that's through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You think about yourself. When I started preaching this, you thought I was crazy. 
Some of you left here shaking your head. He over here talking about circumcision and uncircumcision. I don't know where he is. Our pastor, I don't know what's wrong with our pastor. Your pastor knew what was going on. Because God, oh my, they talked about Paul when he preached circumcision. Circumcision was people who were not saved. The Gentiles, they were not saved because they were not circumcised, meaning they were not under the Abrahamic covenant. See, it had nothing to do with that. One of the first messages I preached when I started preaching the gospel of Christ. And people were like, he gone, he didn't lost it. But listen, I, I'm not mad with you. My, even my wife thought I lost it. But see, I know when God showed me something. I told you this morning, you're going to have to learn how. One of the things, I'm going to stand up a minute. You got to learn something is how to discern when the Spirit of God is speaking to you. God give me the word every Sunday, every, for every Sunday. I didn't have no message till I come to church Saturday. I, I was going to continue to minister on the tree of knowledge. Got two tape, two, got two, two, two more parts to go with it. I came here Saturday and I spent my time with God that I have done for every Saturday for the last 20 plus years. And I was back here this morning, probably before 530. But I'm not trying to impress you. I'm just trying to say how, how bad you want it. See, when the Spirit of God tells you something, will you act on it? But you can't do it until you know how to discern the voice of the Lord. You got to discern the word of the Lord. You got to know when God is talking to you and he's not using King James. Like I told you this morning, here's a, here's a voice that came to you at one o'clock and says you left a steak dinner in the refrigerator. You need to get up and eat it. One o'clock in the morning. Now you got to discern. Is that the Holy Spirit or is that your flesh? See, most people don't know how to discern. Or God may tell you, I need you to get up at one, one o'clock in the morning and I need to see you in, in your place of prayer and I need to talk to you about something. And all of a sudden he began to start talking to you and he, you, you know you got so much, now you got to get up and go in there where he is. As a matter of fact, he's right there with you. But he wants you to be in, in his privacy. See, we always talk about he that dwells in the secret place. When have you left been in your secret place? Do you have a secret place? See, we talked about we talked about this, but listen, when you become a man of prayer, you will discern the voice of the Lord. And you should not have any problem with what I'm preaching if you discern the voice of the Lord. Because what I ministered on is what he gave me. So if you have the same spirit I have, you've got to know that what I minister on is the same thing that God's word says. I'm not giving you something else. I'm not giving you what I think. I'm giving you the word of the Lord. I'm following the apostle Paul teaching, and it's in the whole 13 books of the New Testament. Paul wrote 13 books of the New Testament, and most of these books were to the Jews, Gentiles, I'm sorry. Some of these have some things in it about the Jews, and you got to watch that because that's when people get the foot washing in. See, they didn't, they didn't discern. That's all it is. People just didn't discern. He didn't tell, he, he, might, he told Timothy about washing feet, and you picked that up and said, yeah, that's us too. See, you got to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. 
He don't need you to wash your feet when he just told you that now you are clean. Now you are sanctified. Now you are justified. Now you are glorified. Then you now go wash your feet. See, you got to be able to know that that don't go with that. That's why people can't understand water baptism because they heard that from lying preachers. And you got to come to a place to not to believe a lie. It's for your salvation. And now people will go to hell with other people just to, just to go along with them. There's nowhere in the Bible that told you in a new covenant that you need to be water baptized. Matter of fact, this apostle did not even preach water baptism. Did not even water baptize for salvation. And yet people want to believe that because somebody did it. You going to hell for somebody's thought? Hallelujah. All right, let's move on. Now, let's go to the next thing. Let's go to, uh, I said chapter 9, Isaiah 9, right? 3? Already left there? Isaiah 9, 3? All right, let me move on. I did do Isaiah 9 and 3, right? All right, I did Isaiah 9 and 3. Thank you. We got, we got an amen out there somewhere. Thank you for that one amen. All right, let's go to Isaiah 49, 6. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 6. Just going to show you a few of these because I want to get to, I got 20 minutes, so I got 10 of these minutes. I got to be somewhere else. Isaiah 49, verse 6. Here we go. And he said, it is a light thing that thou should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserve of Israel. I will also give you, see people think you're talking about Christ. No, you're talking about, you're talking about Paul. I will also give you, Paul, a light to the Gentiles. Let me show it to you again because see people just don't get it. God gave Paul to be a light to the Gentile, and that thou may, mayest be my that thou mayest be my salvation to the ends of the earth. See, the only way Christ could be their salvation, God, God had to raise up a light. See, you gotta understand, here he says, I, watch what he says, I will also give thee for a light to the Gentile. Now, let me show you something how to rightly divide the word. Let's go to John 8 and 12. See, when you don't know how to write and divide the word, you say, see there, Pastor Crump there, he's talking about Paul with a light to the Gentiles. Yeah, yeah, to the Gentiles only. All right. Let's go to the... Uh, I don't know what you say. John chapter 8, verse 12. All right? Because he's talking about light. Watch this. See, Jesus was not giving a light to the Gentiles. See, I'm trying to help you. See, you know, you know what I, why I'm doing this? Because when I said that, your, your soul, your mind said to you, that ain't right. Don't you know I can discern? I'm not God, but I do have the Holy Spirit. 
I'm here to help you and your soul turning away. Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm the light of the Gentiles. He said, I'm the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followed me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now let's go back to John chapter 1. See, you got, you got to understand, when God talking to Paul and when God talking to uh, Jesus, in John chapter 1, in the beginning, we're going to start verse 1. So you got to understand the difference. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Remember, John is writing after this has been finished. Remember, he's not writing and Jesus is going to come. Jesus already been here, died, buried, and raised again from the dead. He's writing his book now. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was. Everything is was, past tense. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Was. All things were, past tense, made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Now, if life was in him, then where's life now? See, you got to know who life is. If you already got eternal life, how do you know it? God taught on that. See, you're not getting it. I told you Christ is your eternal life. I taught that on the grace life. I said there are three lives. There's life in your lungs that you breathe. There's life in your veins that's blood. And then Christ is your life. So you got to understand the difference in your life. A man that don't have Christ only got two lives. He doesn't have eternal life. Christ is eternal life. So that's why I keep saying you got to make sure you got Christ in your heart. You don't, you don't have eternal life. You got the breath of life. You got blood in your vein. That's life. But what happened when that run out? First number four. In him was life. Why is he saying that? Let me show you what Paul said. Same thing. Don't leave John 1 and 1. We're going to go right here and come right back. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's not the first time God said this. See, if you know the word, you know what happened. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In him was life. Verse 19. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. Put it on the screen for the people, please. To wit that God was in Christ. All right? Now, God was in Christ. So what did Christ do? Gave us his what? You still don't get it. You don't know what he gave you. He didn't give you no money. He didn't give you no job. He gave you his life. You got to know what he gave you. And you, nobody else could give you life. I'm telling you, there's other doctrines being taught. And you got to know how you got your life. Because that's what God wants to do to you, give you your life back. And that's what happened with Adam. Adam lost his life. And that's what Christ came. I am come that you might have life. 
Now you got to know when I ask you. That's John 10 and 10. Write it down. We go to that next. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ. God was in Christ. The life was in Christ. So why do you need Christ? Because that's where the life at. The wit God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. You got to know where the life at. Let's go back to John chapter 8. The Gospel of John chapter 8. And verse number 5. Verse 4 said, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the life, I, read, I hope I can write that down. Don't mess with that button. Put some ink on it or something. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. What, what does the light do? Shineth in darkness. See, that's what happened. The light had to come in you. That's why if I don't preach Christ, I don't preach the light. And you can't get the light in you. The only way you're going to get the light in you, it got to be preached. Write down Titus 1 and 3. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Now, let's go down in, in verse number, verse 8. I'm sorry. Keep reading. Verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for witness. What did John came to witness? Y'all need to read John 1 and 1 just in your own time. John witnessed a one man. All right. In verse 7, the same came for witness, James came for witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. How do you get this light? All men through him might do one thing. You only believe. He was not that light. John, John said, listen, John the Baptist was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light. See, you got Christ, you got the real deal. Which light every man that cometh into the world. Everyone that's born of the Spirit got the true light in them. John said he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. That's Israel. They didn't know him. And verse 11 says, He came to his own, his own received him not, but as many as received him, gave he power to become the sons of God. What did he give you? Yeah, I know, but what is it? Light. See, the same word, light, power, knowledge is the same thing. To become the sons of God. Them, to as many as believe on his name. That's how they got it which was born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. That's how they was born. And the world was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. That's what Israel did. They beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The grace and the truth was for us. The glory was for them. Get this morning tape. Now, let's go to Matthew, I'm not going to be able to do the other things I gave you. 
That's going up and you own spare time. Matthew 16, 21. I only got eight minutes, 47. That clock don't lie. <laughs> Praise God. Matthew 15, verse 21. We're going to show you something. See, a lot of times we quote things, but I gave you Acts chapter 13. How did Paul know how to get that verse, Acts 13? How did he know? Because he went back to Isaiah 42. He went back to Isaiah chapter 9. He went back to Isaiah 49. And he wrote that God was going to give him, God raised him up to be a light to the Gentiles. You can't help me if you're not a light. If I'm in darkness and you're in darkness, you can't help me. <coughs> That's what we got to understand. We're trying to help other folk out of darkness, and you in darkness. You know, if, if, listen, when you got the spirit, somewhere down the line, you're going to say, thank you, Jesus. When you got the Holy Spirit, somewhere, you're going to say, praise the Lord. You might be cooking bread. You might be in the kitchen. You might be doing, but somewhere you're going to say, Lord, thank you. So you're going to say it out somewhere, somebody that's going to hear if you got the spirit. But when you ain't got the spirit of God, you don't know about no praise the Lord and thank you, Jesus. It's the spirit of God in you that gives glory to the Father. When you got the Holy Ghost inside of you, you can't control him. That's why the most of the stuff that I've heard in churches of people trying to pray in the spirit, and I'm not talking about you in here. I'm just talking about I heard people trying to pray in the spirit, and they just bop, 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 And you sit there and go like, what in the hell was that? Because it sure wasn't what in the heaven is that. People just want to give you any, anything and call it praying in the spirit. That ain't praying in the spirit. When you pray in the spirit, you can't control this. When the spirit prays through you, he prays through you. He, you. Let me go on. Something happened, I can't stop it. But you about to go back and read it again. First Corinthians 13 and 14. The Holy Spirit prays through you. You don't control him. Cut him off, cut him off. When the Holy Ghost prays. In verse 21, we're in Matthew 15, 21. Now this is how Paul got Acts chapter 13. This is how he realized it. How he got the revelation and and and. and in Acts 13, how did he get that? Because he knew Jesus' ministry. Watch this, verse 21. Then Jesus went this and departed into a coast of Tyre and Zidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. Remember, she was a Gentile. Came out the same coast and cried to him saying, How much on us, Lord? How did God save you? That's why I told you when you first started, I gave you the answer. I said, God saved you by his mercy. The only reason you are saved today and you have the Holy Spirit, not because you did nothing. You was a Gentile by nature and a Gentile man, you did not have the Spirit. You did not want God. You were not in the covenant of Israel. So God had to save us with his mercy. He just had mercy on you. 
You, had, you couldn't do nothing. That's what grace is. Grace is God's unmerited favor. It is his mercy on your life. Here come this person, a Gentile. This is how Paul got it. A woman of Canaan, Gentile, came out the same coast and cried to him, Have mercy on us, Lord, thy son of David. My daughter's grievous vixed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. His disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. That's what church folk do. For she cried after us. Now, I don't know why God brought this up to me at this time, but I'm going to say it. We had a meeting in here about three, first Saturday last month. There was a girl came here and stood right here. I was told that I sent her away. Now, all the people in here who, who was my ministers, is that the truth? No. We ministered to that girl. Prayed for her. She got up, walked out here on her own two feet. See, that's what happens when lives get out. But it doesn't bother me. That just came up in my message. See, listen, you'll never find this preacher sending them away. My wife would tell you, I give my last. I don't send people away. I help them. That's what this minister does. Okay. All right. All right, but let's move on. They said to him, send her away. She says, she came and began to fall on his feet and worship him, saying, Lord, help me. Now, here's a person has a situation that's out of control. Her daughter was vexed of a devil. You know how it is when you got somebody that's out of control, living in your house, and they belong to you? You need help. And here's the man who can help you. And I'm showing you how to get it. You don't need to get in there trying to be pretty and cute and all this old. If you help Daniel, get away. You don't tell him about what you did to Daniel. I need help, Lord. That's all the woman said, Lord. Three words. Help me. Come on, say it with me. Don't be pretty with me. Don't be pretty with me. Come on, say it. You're not talking to me. You're talking to him. Say it. I'm talking about when you get ready to get your breakthrough, what you going to say? Lord, when you've been through something too long and you can't go through it no more, Lord, you got to come to a place where you got to say these three words, Lord, help me. Not mama, not daddy, not my cousin, not all these folks. I need you to help me. How many have come in this situation where you had to have help from God? Nobody else can help you. This is your prayer. Three words. Don't forget it. You may have to write it down. Put it in your mirror. But you need to put three words up there. Lord, help me. I'm telling you, you're getting ready. You get some help now. But he answered and said to her, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast to the dogs. And she said, true, that, that's true, Lord, you, that's true. But the dogs, somebody said Gentiles were called dogs. Gentiles. Yeah, the dogs eat of the crumbs. I know the bread ain't for me. I know I can't get it, but help me. I got what it takes. I have faith 
I got what it takes. Come on, do you have faith? Yeah. Listen, I'm trying to tell you, there's some folk God wants to help. I don't know what y'all talking about, but there's some folk God going to help in here. There's some folk God going to help on that TV. And listen, they have come to a place that nobody will help you. They've come to a place that nobody will help you. Let me tell you how to get it. You get out before God and you begin to worship God. And you tell God, Lord, help me. Listen, you don't have to write no book. You don't have to write nothing. Just, Lord, help me. And watch what he do. It wasn't even yours. <laughs> but he asked and said, it's not me for me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. The children's bread was Christ. He said, that, that's the truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs. Would fall from their master table. The dogs eat the crumbs. What did he say? I don't care. If the Jews reject you, I'm going to be right here. See, remember I started out with Acts chapter 13? The Jews rejected Christ. And you know what the Gentile did? They came in there and they said this to Paul. We want to hear the same message next Saturday. Preach it to us. We'll believe it. And Paul says, we'll see you next Saturday. Next Saturday, the whole town, nearly the whole town, nearly the whole town, that's Acts chapter 13, read it for yourself. Nearly the whole town came out to hear, hear the word. And the Jews now saw what they had rejected. The Gentile was eating up. It's an awesome thing, brother. They didn't want the bread. That's why they had so many leftovers. You don't, you don't hear me. Why do you have so many leftovers after your dinner? It don't take much to understand things because somebody didn't eat. The Lord gave bread to everybody. He had bread for everybody. It was a miracle. Bread for everybody. You know what happened? They had baskets of bread that they picked up that the Gentile didn't want. That the Jews didn't want. That's what he reminded them of. All that bread that fell to the ground, we ate it. See, I don't mind if... If, if the bread, if the bread don't heal me, just give me a crumb. I, I don't have to have the whole loaf. Come on, get up on your feet. If healing is in the bread, then I don't have to have this. Come on, somebody clap their hands. Come on, if healing is in the bread, I don't have to have the whole loaf. Just give me a crumb. All I want to do is eat some bread. I can pick up enough crumbs to make me a little. Come on, somebody say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. But she had something that the Jews didn't have. The last verse says, Then Jesus answered and said to her, Oh, woman. This is what the Gentiles had that the Jews didn't. Oh, woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto you even as you will. Jesus said, listen, you got faith, girl. You can have what you want to. Come on, some of y'all did not listen to me. Look at somebody and tell them when you got faith, you can get what you want from God. Hey, hey. 
Everybody that Jesus met that had faith, he said to them, be it unto you. According to your faith. God does not turn down faith. Faith is what you have from God, which is the Holy Spirit, in your belief system, in you, that receives from the Word of God. You can go in here and get anything you want out of God's kingdom because you have the faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. As long as you got God's faith, your faith is real, the Bible told you now having the same spirit of faith. And the reason you have it because you believe. So stop acting like God don't want to hear you. Stop letting the devil tell you this here is not going to ever be, it's not going to ever work. Uh, you're going to have to have this problem all your days of your life. You got to stop and say the devil is a liar and he's the father of it. I got faith in my God. And my God already told me to ask him to help me and he would help me. Now clap your hands and receive it. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 through 4 told you that you can be saved today. I started this program off. God said to me and I wrote it down in my office. God already helped you. You know you're supposed to be alive. But God left you here. God gave you another chance. You're supposed to call in. God gave you another chance to live. Receive it. Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised him from the dead. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.